This is the Average Guy Network, and you have found Home Gadget Geek, show number 302, recorded on March 23rd, 2017. Here at Home Gadget Geeks, we, fa- we cover all the favorite tech gadgets that find their way into your home. News reviews, product updates, and conversation, all for the average tech guy. I'm your host, Jim Collison, broadcasting live from the Average Guy Team Studios. Here in a kind of weird, stormy at Mike. I think the temperature went like up 15 degrees in about 10 minutes, and then there was, I don't know, it's it's weird. It's spring. Welcome to spring. No kidding. I went out to my car to get something at work. It was cold, and then I came back out at the end of the day, just like you said, 15 degrees warmer, and there was a thunderclap, and I was like... That's strange. It's the weirdest thing. But welcome to Spring in Nebraska. Of course, we post a uh, we post a show with world class show notes each week out at theaverageguy.tv. You can also join us live on the mobile app. And if you haven't uh, downloaded that, we'll thank LastPass for their sponsorship of the mobile app. You can go out to homegadgetgeeks.com and just get that downloaded Android and iPhone. No Windows phone, but Android, iPhone available for you. Best way to listen to it on the road. They are actually telling me they're going to do an update to the app structure. Here, uh, um, of course, it's built by Spreaker, but uh, to give you the download feature, it doesn't have download today, which on, on iPhone, which is weird, but it's coming. So, uh, of course, you can download that at homegadgetgeeks.com. We thank LastPass for their sponsorship of the app. We have a Patreon link available for you as well. If you want to, if you want to sponsor the show, or if you want to uh, just financially support us, head out to theaverageguy.tv or theaverageguy.tv/support. Look for the Patreon link. Available to you, one and five dollar plans. I, I'm I'm going to come up with a way to re-energize Patreon. But to be honest with you, those guys, those of you who are supporting us here, appreciate that. Means a lot. Thanks for the what you do, and uh, and if you want to support us in that way, you can get it done. We are here with Mike Weger tonight. It's just Mike and I. We get to catch up with you, Mike. Welcome to Home Gadget Geeks. Thank you. Yeah, finally getting back into the swing of things. This has kind of been kind of fun. And then we get a show where it's just you and I. You know, this happens every once in a while. And I always enjoy it. We could just get to nerd out and talk tech together. Yeah, no, it's good. Uh, it was, I looked at the schedule. I had trouble filming this night anyway. And, uh, and then when I knew you were going to be here, I just thought, hey, well, let's just uh, let's catch up with you and find out what's going on in your world. Why don't you – so – we may have even picked up a few listeners since you've been gone. You were Probably. you joined last week, but in typical fashion, I hogged the whole show for the most part. That's so all right. We're going to feature feature you and, and a lot of your stuff tonight. But why don't you do a quick kind of a quick update? Where have you been? What have you been doing? What do you do? Yeah, over there. <laughs> well, at KPMG? That's one thing we've never talked about. But yeah, so I work over at KPMG uh, for people who are are not in the business world. They're one of the big four financial auditors. So when you think of KPMG, you think of uh, signing off on financials, the audits and everything for companies. Um, But there's actually three sides to KPMG. You've got the audit, which is traditional, what everyone thinks of. You've got tax and you've got advisory. And I'm actually in the advisory side. It's a really fun service line to be in because you're not, I mean, the possibilities are endless. If If you can find a client with a problem uh, we usually have a team that can fix it. So uh, in the advisory, you think of IT advisory, you think of um, some internal audit stuff, some SOX work. But the service line I work in is called enterprise risk management and then governance risk compliance. So you think of looking at risk of a company on an enterprise level and you go in and you help them on the ERM side with the methodology and how really to lock that down, You know, do your 
uh, risk assessments and going in there and really figuring out what the risks are, what their controls are, their processes, the organization structure. And then, so that's the ERM side. And then GRC side, a lot of it is going and implementing a tool. Uh, there's a bunch of different tools out there. There's IBM Open Pages, uh, there's BYs, a bunch of different GRC tools that you can go and implement. And it helps these companies um, really track that whole process. So it's a really fun service group to be in. And I've actually gotten to, I've done, the cool thing about it though, is you get to jump around a little bit. So that's my service line, but I also go out and get to do some of the other work in the advisory field. So it's a lot of fun. And a lot of people ask, okay, so why do you have to travel? Because, you know, as we've seen, the reason I had to leave was because most weeks um, I am traveling every single week. I'll usually leave on a Monday and come back on Thursday or Friday. And really the answer is that's that's where the client at. KPMG, um, especially my service line, is relatively small in um, in the grand scheme of things. Uh, for the advisory side, ERM GRC is one of the smallest groups. So they have to spread us out, right? Wherever the client's at is where our team is going um, if there's no local work for you. And Omaha being one of the smaller markets, obviously uh, you're going out to some of the bigger cities, so I've been out in Washington, D.C. and L.A. and some of the bigger markets, right? You see, you have to travel out there. And so that's been a lot of fun. But then the reason I am able to be back is now I'm on an Omaha client. So doing some work here for the next 12 weeks, which is exciting. So getting to be back, getting to be with the family, uh, podcast with you, and obviously get to be with uh, my new, well, new is relative. He's five newer. months old, but newer son. Yeah. Emmett, which is a lot of fun. Yeah. So yeah, for is, the job side, that's Emmett? what I get to do. Emmett sure. is doing great. He's getting bigger and bigger every day. And this, the stuff he's at the age right now. So the first few months are kind of his abilities. If you think of like what they can do stays about the same. And then all of a sudden they hit this point where it's like, sit up, say sitting up, rolling over, wanting to crawl. They hit that really fast and everything just progresses. So he hit that about a month ago where things just started rapidly picking up. So it's been a lot of fun. Uh, a lot more uh, new uh, stuff to do with him, which is fun. Any of the baby tech that you thought would work, uh, the baby monitors that we, we talked about for sure way right. back in the day when we talked about those, any of that stuff you still using? And did you find any new stuff that like you're like, oh, I got to have this from a tech perspective with the kids? <laughs> well, I've learned uh, when, it, when it comes to the babies, it's there's a lot of just old school stuff that just works, right? Tried and true method swings, um, little rockers, things like that that just provide uh, play mats with stuff hanging over them, endless hours of entertainment. And probably at his age is, is the right way to go. But as far as tech wise, uh, it actually you know leads into something that I've been doing lately is kind of the camera system, right? How do you go about that in the right way? Also, the hard part about that is uh, when you're thinking about a camera solution, do you want one that is one that's portable? Do you want one that is set up all the time, almost like a security camera, right? And then at the same time, if you do have the security camera, is your um, babysitter, nanny, people who watch, are they comfortable being recorded all the time uh, with that on? So those are some of the challenges that we run through when I was thinking about this whole solution. And what we ended up with is a little bit of a mix of both, right? Uh, we have... a <laughs> Tech hasn't really progressed. It's an old school baby monitor uh, that's video in color, uh, just a transmitter and a receiver, wireless. You plug one in, plug the other in, they make a connection together, and you're good to go. Works really well, super far distances. We can, you know, we could be over at the neighbor's house and still get the signal if we wanted to be. And so that one, obviously, it's an on off switch, it's portable. You move it, you just unplug it. You only use it when he's in one room and you're in the other. Uh, but as far as the other solution, you we have one camera that we 
have in there that is technically always on, but via software, I just turn it off when, when we don't want to use it. So we can set it up, tear it down. Um, it's not fully permanent yet. I could mount it, but it's one that we just set up and take down when we need it. It's also the way we monitor PD when we leave them on the weekend, we'll turn it, put it in the living room. And that is the indoor camera. So, uh, so, so yeah, but not much really when it comes to baby tech, not much new except for, I think Hannah probably uses, the most tech in the form of apps, right? Apps to track everything. Yeah, I was um, going to say apps, apps are probably the most helpful place. And Especially so during the those? pregnancy pr- process, right? Uh, there was one app that we used where every week you would sign in and there was a video about how big is the baby right now in your stomach and what are you expecting? What's it doing? What's it, is it, it's growing toenails this week. You know, it's getting an ear or something like that, which was kind of fun to, uh, to, to watch as you went. So that, that app was her main one. And then since then, um, I think she actually has an app to track some of his other, you know, weights when he goes into the doctor and just progress stuff like that. Allergies. If he had any that you're noticing, you can start a, you can track, okay, he got a rash on this date. So like, you Oh, when did that rash come? Has it been a week? Has he had it that long? You kind of just say, okay, no, it was only two days ago. It just feels like a week. So yeah, like those sort diary, of things. Right? Yeah. Like yeah. Yeah, so those have, been, those have been really the only baby tech we use. Lots of pictures, I assume. Are you, uh, where, where are you putting them? So you're you're shooting them. They staying on the phone. Are you moving them somewhere? What do you? So what, we you both have iPhones, and we found out, and we all we're pretty much all Mac here. So uh, we use the the iCloud. Really, we use iCloud a lot, and they have a photo option, which I think if you are in one ecosystem, it's one of the best offerings they have because no matter where you put the photo if you put it in the photos app on a computer or on the phone, it is stored in the cloud. And then that optimizes the storage on your phone. So it says you can see all of them, but it's only a thumbnail. Then you click on it and it'll bring you the full res if you want it. So it's super convenient. As soon as you take it, you know, there's no transferring. It's just all taken care of there. And then on the computer side at home, I will take those out of photos and store them onto our home uh, NAS, just so we have a physical copy at the house in case iCloud were to crash or something like that. So, yeah. Yeah, we're doing something similar with the Drobo uh, where it moves it to the Drobo first uh, and then pushes that up to to crash plan. So they're local. If something were to happen to me, Sarah could get get to them pretty easy. You know, you start, it's a weird kind of thing because I've got all these pictures and the kids don't really care right now about them. You know, they're in their 20s, right? I have an 18-year-old, 19, and the rest are in their 20s. Eh, they're not so concerned about all those pictures we took as kids. That day will change and they will oh, want, totally right. They will want some of those pictures. And, you know, in the past you had to go and we still have binders and binders and binders of pictures, you know, physical pictures that we took that by year, you know, the binder says, you know, 98 to 2003 or whatever. Right. And you got to go back through and pull them out, scan them. They've done that. And so those albums are in some some form of disrepair because they've pulled some pictures out. And so there's some, some missing pictures and stuff, but, you know, eventually I'd love to get one of those, just those quick scanners where, yeah, you know, they're kind of designed for that. You just pull all the pictures out, set them in and go, you know, run all these for me in one shot so I can get them all digital and group them by year and some of those things. Cause I think they'll want them. Right. I mean, though, I think right. they'll come a day when they're like, Hey, can I get my pictures? My parents just invested in one of those. When my grandfather passed away a month ago, um, we, you know, we're scanning a bunch of pictures to put in his video that we were going to have playing at the wake. And so they just didn't, they're like, you know what, we're probably going to want to do this. They have bins and bins of photos like everyone does. And so like, let's, you know, it's a good investment now. 
way pricier than I thought. If you want a high quality one that does it really quick, the speed is the thing. And this thing does it fast. And I was shocked at the quality. I'm still thinking of those flatbed scanners from, you know, 10 years ago that you can hear it running and then you still only get about the size of like a GIF, you know, image, but uh, they've gotten a lot better and a lot quicker. And the software behind it is actually pretty interesting. Does a lot of the date and stuff for you. You plug in the album of what you would want to do. It's smart. It knows if I move on to the next set of photos, maybe I want to up to the next, you know, numerical value or something like that. So yeah, it's a good investment and something that I think a lot of people are going to start doing now is taking all those and storing them because like you just said, something happens to the house, uh, a flood, a fire, all those are gone unless you have them stored digitally and then backed up to some sort of external site. Yeah, I think at some point I'll get that done. I, I'm not too worried about it now, but at some point we're moving here in the next year, staying in town, but we're going to move. And that, you know, whenever you're moving, that's a good opportunity. We'll probably box them up. I'll put them somewhere to say, you know, once we get moved in and settled in, I'll go buy that thing. I, that would be a great, actually, you know, we used to have this average guy, the average guy tech scholarship fund, right? And we used to have some owner equipment. And actually that would be a good community project to oh, for uh, sure. Have you know? Have everybody pitch in and then roll that thing around. Because once you've digitalized all your pictures, you're done. Like, right? You're not going to use it again, for the most part. And uh, so, one of those fast scanners would be, you know, in those flatbeds, they would always be crooked, and it yes. just never worked very well. Right? <laughs> just never worked very well. Yeah, these Although, ones were nice. Put a stack in there, any size. That's what I was surprised at. We. It helps if you say, okay, here's all the eight by tens, here's all the four by sixes, you know, and put them in order, but you could put them all in there and it knows, it crops, it does everything for you. Yeah. My kids have gotten into the habit of just take a picture of the picture. So they just put the picture out. And <laughs> That's what we were doing at first. Before we had the thing, we actually, it was the night before and we found a whole other stack of really good photos. And we we're at, we were at my place and I said, I don't have a scanner. So I literally set the tripod up and hung it from the bottom instead of being on top. And I aimed the DSLR down and set it. Snapped a picture, said it, and it was taking a while, but it it was effective, but yeah. not as good as the scanner. The scanner was no, great. Scanner, you always get some glare when you take a photo of it. You get, you know, there's no way to get it perfect. Then no. you got to go in and crop everything. Right. So. Right. So how much was that? Do you know that scanner? Ooh, I want to say like six hundred dollars. Yeah. yeah. For a really four nice to six one. is the right is the right price. Four to six hundred bucks. Yeah, I think it was Epson so, brand, if I'm remembering correctly, and super high quality, great, and. Th- they had the exact same idea as you, right? They bought it, but it's like, this is going to be a family thing. Got a huge family, just pass it around and everyone can start scanning their photos. And unless, you know, you don't want to keep it collecting dust after you're done. No, you kind of then sell it, you know, when you're done. Because if you do that anyway, it's going to be obsolete. There's going to be better stuff in five to 10 years. So keep it passed around. Use it, get rid of it. And, you know, you shouldn't get rid of it. So that's so interesting. It's, it's such a, it's a problem for anyone, you know, in my generation, no one has that problem because we've never had, I mean, we did when we were younger, but our parents have those photos, right? We don't have a collection personally of any printed out photos. Mm-hmm. They except yeah. for maybe our wedding ones. I have some old uh, slides. I think they're still sitting on my desk here. I have some old slides from my dad that I need to go in and oh, get really? converted to digital. Wow. They're uh, saying in the chat room, other Jim said local public library loans for film and negative scanners. And, yeah, that's true. There are some some local libraries you can go take your film in. I've got some old film too, or it, it's one of those kinds of things. I pretty quickly like VHS. I 
pretty quickly need to get that stuff converted if you're going right. to do it. Because there will come a point in time you won't be able to do it anymore. No, exactly. And uh, so, so time to get those things done. Mike, you've moved a little bit since you've moved into the new place. Yeah. You mentioned the one camera that's kind of the monitor, but have you gone? Have you gone full kind of home security? Full there? home security. What are you, what are you using? So uh, it was kind of a interesting story. We started talking about, and these two things we want to talk about tonight are kind of going to run together. So Hannah and I were very interested in cutting cutting the cord, right? Getting rid of everything. And part of our cable package, when we moved to this house, they said, are you using your home phone? And I said, no. And like, well, we can replace that. You know, you have the, you have the bundle, right? Which saves you a ton of money. Let's replace the home phone with the home security. It's called Cox Home Life. And uh, I'll just put this out there now. If, if they approach you about doing that, just be really certain you want to be in it for the full two years. Um, it's not, it's easy to get out of cable, internet, and home phone. It is not easy to get out of home life. So what happened was they set you up with a security system. And it's, it, the security part of it, as in door sensors, motion sensors, and all that, I'll admit that works great. If you're looking for a, uh, a cheaper solution to like ADT, then it, it works pretty well and it's pretty affordable. Um, but part of their offering was video cameras. So you can set up a security camera and it's, it can be wireless and everything like that. And so we start, that was my biggest thing. I'm like, yes, perfect. And so I bought, I ordered one through them and then I ordered the same exact model that I knew would be compatible off eBay. Uh, so I had two cameras total and the quality for that thing was terrible the i don't and I, what i learned was i'm like these cameras i've read reviews are fantastic cameras they're hd they uh got great range it's not the camera it has to be the really low powered little router that cox gives you for the home security and uh so the whole point of having the cameras was terrible because every time i would log in it would be like oh can't connect or it was supposed to record events every time it saw something and half of them didn't get recorded because there wasn't a connection back to the thing. So I got fed up with it and I said, Hey, I can, you know, let's, I can do this on my own. So after a lot, a lot of research, I figured out how to get into the firmware because when these cameras come through Cox, they strip out the firmware that comes on the camera natively and throw on their own. And then, well, they don't strip it out. They put on their own and then they disable the GUI to the regular firmware. So I was like, well, so I called Cox and I said, I said, Hey, can we get rid of this home life? And long story short, uh, the way they do it is since they don't charge you up front for all the different sensors and cameras, it's paid out over the two years. So you're paying like $40 a month for this. And, uh, so I said, well, just cancel it. I'll, I'll, I'll give the stuff back. And they said, well, we don't take it back. It's yours. Uh, so it'll be $575 to, to cut the cord on. Now I'm like, Okay, that doesn't even, the math there is just terrible, but okay, whatever. So I'm going to keep it. I said, well, can you bump down my bill? And they said, well, you can go down to the basic package, but your your cameras won't work. I said, oh, hey, that, that's that's actually fine. Like, I don't need the cameras to work. Like, really? You don't want the cameras to work? I'm like, no, I, I, don't, I don't think I'll need them. And because so, you had hacked them, right? Because I had hacked them and I was going to use my own system. So I uh, they took off $15 a month. I was like, yeah, perfect. Fine. Okay. That saves me money. So then I had uh, two years at $15 a month in my mind to spend on software. So, you know, about, you know, 200, 250, $300 around there. I was willing to spend a little more. So what I did was I actually, I really liked these cameras. And once I got them set up, they were super simple to set up. Um, the web GUI was fine. It just took a little bit of, and they did a really bad job. I say hacking, but it was literally, if you can get the right URLs and commands at the end of the URL to activate stuff, you type in the, you know, the IP address and then slash activate 
underscore this, that GUI, this, and you can, you can get around it. So um, I found all the right commands, got them all up and running, ordered two more. So now I have a total of four cameras and I set them all up and I was actually running them on wireless at first. I said, okay, let's just see, because my wireless router is a lot stronger than the crappy one they were using. And that actually wasn't too bad. So I researched, um, so security video security software for the Mac. And you would be shocked because I had done this a year ago. There was nothing, everything. There is some amazing software, blue Iris, just to name one for windows. But if you're a Mac based house, uh, you're kind of out of luck. So for my main computer, that's always on, you know, I, it's not a server, but pretty much doing server duties. I have an iMac that actually, if you do anything graphic intensive on it, it shuts down. And because I broke into the iMac and replaced the hard drive, Apple said, you're out of luck. We can't replace it. So it's a great computer as long as you don't have to look at the screen. I'm like, that's a perfect, it's a really powerful iMac. It's a perfect computer to put down the basement in the server rack and let it do things. So as of now, they uh, it's kind of a newer software for Mac. It has to be in the last year because it wasn't around. Um, there is software called Sighthound. And Sighthound is you just load it up on a Mac and it pulls in your IP cameras and does a really good job. Any brand of IP camera will work. Uh, They have a lot of brands listed. And if it's not, you just click other and type in the path to the video, which every IP camera has a path to the video and you can get these things up and running. And so I had it up and running for a while and, and the Wi-Fi was good, but I'm like, okay, I mean, this is a because all my other devices that on the Wi-Fi were slowing down because that's a lot of constant data. 24-7, those cameras are sending data because the way I set it up, uh, Sighthound is really, really unique in that, first of all, it connects to Ift. So really cool. You can do a lot of cool things with if this, then that. You can, if it senses something, you could blink your hue lights red in the house, obviously to be like a little sensor. I mean, a lot of different possibilities but also the granular control on when it records, what sort of alerts you get um, are kind of interesting. And when it records, it knows the difference between, let's say, a vehicle passing by or a person. So um, and it'll actually put a box and trace the, the object as it moves in the video. So the cool part about that is I can say, hey, alert me when there's a person at my front door. But don't alert me every time a car drives by because cars are driving by all the time. Just alert me when someone's there. So you get all sort of granular control. It records, you set the amount of time you want all the video recorded for. So for 72 hours, everything is stored. Um, In case, you know, in case for some reason it does not pick up an object, which is very rare. This thing I've noticed, I'd say... I haven't noticed it. I haven't, I've looked through a lot of the video and it hasn't missed anything yet. It's always said, okay, this is an object or hey, this is a person. Uh, but just in case for 72 hours, I have it store everything. And then for the rest of the videos, cause it'll save every time something, every you tell it what to save. So I say, save whenever there's an object, save whenever there's a person. And also when it's a person, send a push notification to my phone and let me know so I can look at it. Um, so uh, for that, you set how much storage space you want to use up. So 72 hours, everything was recorded. This is all pushing the video over to my NAS unit, which I have a ton of space on there. So I said, hey, store up to a terabyte of video and which I've done the math and I think I'm going to get about two months worth, maybe a month and a half to two months worth of um uh, they call it events, event recording, which is kind of nice. So, uh, but the overall, I mean, for this piece of software, if you are running two cameras or less, you're looking at $69 and you own it. No, the thing I liked about this was no monthly fees because you start to look at these and that's kind of the trend. And we can get into this in a second um, after I talk about the pricing. So $69 gets you a two license agreement or two camera license agreement. And then for $250, 
And now I'm wondering if it's right in there, 200 or 250, you get unlimited cameras and it's your software to own forever, which is kind of nice. You, If you do want to get updates, I think you get uh, a year or two of free updates. And then after that, it's like maybe 50 bucks uh, for every update. So not too bad. And if I was stuck with this version of the software going forward, I think I would be just fine. There hasn't been any bugs or anything that I've noticed. And it has all the features you want. It can record audio and video if you want, just video. Uh, and obviously, so I went with the unlimited license because I have four cameras looking to add a fifth. And really, when you can plug and play with any IP camera, it opens up your opportunities because I had looked at um, network video recorders. You got an MVR or actually the closed, um, the CCTV ones, but you're you're kind of locked into their brand of camera or that style of camera. So the reason I went IP, because I considered back and forth, because I was going to run hardwire anyway. I knew I was going to. So it really didn't matter to me what kind of wire I was running. But the IP cameras, what did it for me was you can get some really cheap IP cameras. And for places like the basement or the garage, I don't need a super high def. I just need to see if there's people there. That's all I care about. Um, so you can get some really cheap IP cameras that'll work with that. Um, and then on the mobile side, super convenient. It's an app that you get Android and Mac. Uh, really simple. It I can actually show it to you real quick. I mean, you just get... All your cameras loads really fast. Nothing fancy. I didn't need anything fancy. Um, and then this will send a push notification for anything I set it to do. So for two of the cameras, when there's a person, it'll alert me. And then from the app, you can also go to your clips. And I'll just kind of explain it instead of show it. But when you go to your clips, that's all your saved events. And you can filter it. I can say, show me all the people that were on the garage camera. And it just filters down. It says, okay, people that I noticed on the garage camera. I can say, show me all cameras where there's people. I can say, show me just cars driving by on this camera. So the granular control of what you want to view and see are, are kind of nice. They It works pretty well with that. And so the mobile app, as well as just having it locally was kind of the selling point and then not having a monthly fee. So to go to kind of go into that, the research I did before this was obviously into Nest cameras. Those are going to be your most popular camera right now is the um, Nest camera. And then you've got other brands. You've got, Arlo, I think it's Arlo, and you've got some other brands. But what they're doing is it makes it super easy. You just connect it to a Wi-Fi router. If you don't have a computer always on they can use to run this software, it's super simple. But you're paying a monthly fee. And that's exactly what I was trying to get away from. And I was also trying to get away from storing it in the cloud. I wanted, you know, this is you know, home video, especially if you're going to have wife, wife acceptance factor. She needs to know that this is not going to be tapped into in the future. And, you know, we're not going to have a, a leak somewhere. Someone's not going to get video of her, you know, walking around at some point when the camera recorded. And so having it where I know where it's stored and it's not sending it anywhere, um, I don't have it backed up anywhere outside of the home. So sends all the videos, stores it all locally. And that was a big deal for Hannah, number one. Um, and also, you know, people who spend a lot of time at our house were kind of like, that's kind of nice. Cause I told them, you know, it's, I feel kind of obliged to tell people, Hey, just so you know, like I have cameras everywhere in that, um, on the outside of the house and this one inside, uh, just so you guys know, if you're in the backyard, you know, um, or anything like that, it's, it is being recorded. And so it, it makes them feel a little bit better too, that this isn't going up to some cloud service, uh, that could have a security breach. Now, obviously someone could get into my home network but I think I've done a pretty good job of locking everything down. So it's been a, it's been a fun and interesting few weeks. Um, they do a two week free trial. So if you did want to try it out, they give you the unlimited version for free for two weeks. So if you had IP cameras that you were using with a different piece of software and want to try out SightHound, uh, you could do that. But I think it also, 
it runs on windows too. And so I'd really just, I think it's one of the best I've seen as far as simple, easy blue Iris for windows is super powerful. Um, a bunch of, I think add-ons you can get for it, but sometimes you just want ease, right? Set it up. I don't need all the fancy features. Just, I just need this thing to work. And really for me, it's not even having the video stored. It's just for alerts when things are there. Uh, when we're out of town, one of the biggest things is, oh, I wonder if that Amazon package arrived and I don't want anyone to steal it. Um, and if I know it's there, I can call my aunt who lives, you know, just down the street and she could go grab it for us, but I don't want to call her if it's not there. So you launch the app. It's aimed right at my front door where they leave the packages and I can, I can their software is amazing. Like I'm on their site right now and they're the, the recognition of vehicles versus people. They, they're working in this space where they're doing vehicle recognition. They'll tell you what make and model of the vehicle is. They've got um, on there, if you go to sighthound.com slash product slash sighthound dash video, they have a, um, they've got a video going on where they're, it's almost like it's the ring doorbell, right? It's that camera right. and it's, it's differentiating as people are walking by the difference between a person, a dog, a car. I mean, if this stuff really works, I just sent him an email, by the way, while you're talking said, oh yeah, hey, you want to come on our show? Like, and- Exactly. This is amazing stuff. Yeah. It's amazing. And the video surveillance is only one side of their business. They have a bunch of other, um, they actually have cloud software where you can pay them for, I, I read up on this briefly, you can pay them for the amount of requests you have and you can send video to them that's analyzed for certain things. Or for example, if you want to do license plate recognition, that's done up in their cloud. So you don't actually even have to have the processing power. And what I'll do is I will actually... I'm looking to make sure there's nothing personal on here. So, okay. So I'm going to share my screen. This is, so the software, if I was actually down on the iMac, it looks a little bit different. Um, let's do site and. Okay. So over here, this is what it looks like when you view it from a web page from a remote computer. And can you guys, can you see that? Yeah, it looks great. Okay. So you see the live view of all your cameras. So the one down the basement is my non HD camera. It's a, it's an old D link IP camera, but it still worked. It actually still pulled it in. Um, then all these other ones are going to be the different views. So obviously I have the uh, front of the garage, uh, which is nice. Cause you see leaving and going, um, you got the front door, the backyard, and then the basement as of right now. But the cool part about this is, so when I go to clips, I'll show you that tracking that you were talking about. And, uh, so pull up clips here. I'm going to filter. So I say, look for at the front door. We're going to look for uh, people. So over here, you'll see it refreshes when it goes. What's this on storage wise? Is Are you storing it physically on that Mac or do you have on, a, a, a NAS unit? Yep. It's, it's on the QNAP. It's on the QNAP. Okay. Yep. The QNAP. So a really underpowered QNAP. So it looks like there was someone at 1232. So we'll click on that one. So see, it just felt, I mean, there were hundreds of entries for today because it record, it does record every time a car drives by because that's an object, but I filtered by people. So hopefully this is a good example. Hopefully I don't lead you guys astray. So it's playing and I don't know how fast it's going to play for you guys. It's, it's moving along. There goes the vehicle. There's the square around the vehicle. So the square that's around cool. it. See, now this is the one downside. So I did pull a bad example because sometimes it, for some reason, will think a car is a person, but very rarely. So let's go down to the next one and see if the next one was a bad one too. 
oh, I can tell it's going to be a good one. So uh, it's going to be a person I saw. Man. Person starts to walk by. It picks them up, and you see the box as it tracks them as they move across for the person. That's, so that's cool. That's cool, man. It's really cool. So that that this these clips are the ones that send me an alert saying, "Hey, there's a person at your door." Um, and you do get a few occasionally where it thinks it's where the car for some reason picks up as a person. Um, but I would rather have it do that than to under under alert me, right? right? Sure, like I'd rather have sure. false positives than it not picking it up at all. Uh, and then, so, I mean, you just can kind of filter it out by, obviously, if I go to all objects on the front door just today, let's see how many it recorded, uh, 412 clips from today is what it recorded. And that's absolutely everything. So anytime a car is driving by uh, 828, so this is only five minutes ago, it's going to pull in, um, looks like probably someone was driving. And it puts a timestamp up in the top left corner, which is nice. So you can save these videos out. So let's say... See, so a green box is an is a object. So if someone drove by, so it sensed it, and uh, and that's what it does. So so really kind of cool how it does that. And so like I said, with the timestamp, it burns it into there, so that when you save these clips out, if someone broke into your home, you got them on video, you go to save the clip. When you take that to the police or your lawyer or whoever, um, the timestamp is on there. It, they know exactly. Uh, when that person was coming, when they're going. And you see that the quality might not be good for you guys, but it is extremely high quality video. And that was one of the reasons I ended up running the hardwire and I'll, I'll stop sharing. But uh, so I, after I had everything on wireless, it was kind of just a, let's see if this works. I, my attic is fully accessible and I went drilled me and a buddy and we ran ethernet everywhere to all these cameras. Uh, and then we ran one down from the attic all the way to the basement uh, the telephone wires actually were sacrificed because the we used fish tape to try and get the cord to go all the way from the attic to the basement. And there must be a curve in there somewhere because it didn't want to go. So he's like, hey, do you uh, do you use these phone lines? I was like, uh, no. And he's like, do you think the person in 10 years when he sell the house or 20 years will use them? I'm like, probably not. And he's like, all right. So he snips it at his end. I snip it at my end and we taped it to it and pulled it all the way through and, and that worked. So we ran just one wire up from the server rack to the attic and I put a switch up in the attic. So that way it makes it much easier. It's just one up. And then from that switch, you can run it everywhere. Uh, one little side note though. <laughs> so these cameras that I have, the only port they have on them is one ethernet port. And so I assumed if it if it sends the data and gets the power over the Ethernet, I assumed that was it was a PoE camera. But I did learn that that is not the case. Uh, some of these cameras, even though they only have the Ethernet port, they require a this little Y splitter and looks something like this. So when you plug it into your switch, you also have to plug the other end into power because they consume more power than PoE can put out. So. Uh, I bought a PoE switch for nothing, but I figure, hey, maybe when I go to run some um, new access points, uh, I can run them from the attic and have PoE up there ready to go. So that's been the kind of fun project that I've been working on, and I was really, really happy with Sighthound. And actually, today is the day that I'm done with my trial, and I pay the uh, I pay the bill. Now, how much uh, is it again? Two hundred and fifty, I believe. Okay, so it's it's a little pricey, but you own it. Right? right. This is a, you buy it, you have it. It's just like any piece of software, which I'm, you know, I miss those days. Like when you talk about the Adobe suite, I miss being able to go out spending $1,200 and having Photoshop because now you have to pay a monthly fee and it's never yours. And if you stop paying, then you lose access to it. Yeah. Um, I was the type of person I'm okay with old software. You know, a lot of the new things don't really affect me anyway. So yeah. I'm, I'm glad to have that. And the way I justified it was 
$15 less a month on the KO bill for the next two years. And there you go. Right. Yeah. So it's a wash for the first year and a half. And then you start making money. No, it makes sense, especially in this area of security. And that's great software. And imagine you're going to get some updates. I hope they say yes. And they come on the show. That'd be really That'd be cool amazing. to have them uh, talk about this. But, you know, yeah, owning is right. I went to actually cancel my. So last week, the guest that we had on Larry, he was a little quiet in some spots and it was particularly bad in the very first version of the audio I put out. So if you're a regular, regular audio listener and you're like, God, Collison, what the hell? <laughs> I mean, what, what were you doing last week? Where, you know, um, you know, how many beers did you drink to let that audio go out that way? Well, uh, Neil, who's always such a faithful listener, let me know. He's like, Hey Jim, that audio was really bad. And I said, you know, I can fix this. So I went to Alphonic which is a service you can buy where you send it to them on the web. They process it. They lift the lows and lower the highs and kind of stitch it all together for you and, and do some processing, loudness processing on the back end. And uh, so I bought some monthly credits. I think it was 10 bucks or something. And I'm going to keep it. I think I'm going to run every show through it just to make sure from here on out. It's just such a great tool to use. Oh, definitely. So I thought, well, I don't know if I need Adobe anymore because it converts it to MP3 for me when we're done. So I drop it in as an AIF lossless it right out with Fraunhofer mp3 it's encoded it's it's the right volume everybody's level i mean it's pretty cool and it's you know i maybe pay a buck an hour let's just say that it's probably a buck an hour to get those processed that's super reasonable right from that standpoint so i go to cancel adobe and they're like oh no 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 when you signed up the last time even though you're paying monthly you committed for a year really yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's right. I remember signing like, hey, we're giving you this special price, which was uh, 16 bucks or whatever for, right. for addition. We're giving this to you, for, but you're agreeing to go a year and that's not up again until September. And I was like, oh, well, I guess I'm not. And they're like, like you said, they're like, hey, if you want to get out of this, it's like $275 or something. Right. <laughs> Uh, no, I think I'll just keep paying the $16 a month, whatever. But yeah, you're right. In that sense, uh, you know, kind of buying it and being done with it from that standpoint kind of makes sense on your, on your end. Yeah. And Brian had a good point in the chat. He said, FYI, it's a $50 a year maintenance uh, fee, which is kind of industry norm. And, and yes, there is that, but that's the fee I was talking about for, if you want to keep the updates and the support. If you're okay dropping that, you don't need to pay it. So yeah, I'll probably decide after a year if I if rumor has it that they're doing well and they're going to push some really cool updates um, or something like that. If we start getting 4K IP cameras and now they're going to support 4K, I don't know something in the future. Um, I'll I could keep going, or you can just not pay that, not get service from them, and not get updates. So yeah, we'll see how it goes. Still not yeah. bad. Still fifty dollars a year. Uh, Cox Home Life was forty five dollars a month. So yeah, start doing know. the math. Start and, doing the math and it, it starts to add up. And, and we were doing that a lot. Uh, side note, super fast math story. I yeah. <laughs> I was using a very, very old desktop PC as a free NAS box. And I realized, you know, okay, well, I've got the QNAP and that stores files, everything just fine. I don't need processing power. Let's just, let's just shut that down, move everything over to the QNAP and call it good. I So I did the math on, I put on a, you know, to measure how much uh, juice it was pulling. I was paying $98 a year to keep that thing running because uh, it was running 24 seven, the PC. Yeah. Um, so when you do the math, $7, $8 a month, right around there, uh, 
you know, it adds up quick, all those little things. So, you know, you eliminate these little things, you combine things. I never even thought to turn that thing off. I said, oh, it's kind of nice having two NAS in the house. I can divide stuff or copy stuff between. And did you run a kilowatt meter to make that determination? Is that what you I did? was? And then actually I just added a, an APC to the um, APC, right? Yeah. Uh, battery yeah, backup. Battery backup to my to my rack. So when I did that, it's got all the stats for you. And so I started turning everything off and just adding one in at a time to see, you know, how, okay, how much did that add? How much did that add? And uh, we uh, determined that that thing definitely did not need to be running. So now I have an out of commission, um, old computer, old free NAS box. Yeah. When those, those PCs that you leave running all the time, you know, we put one in the kitchen, that's that kangaroo, right? Now. Right. Low power. You know, yep. from that standpoint, I've got a uh, 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 Brian talked me into this uh, Dell 3050 low power, you know, M2 right. drives. Now there's not a spinning part in there that sits on my desk. That's actually the Windows 10 kind of test box. And uh, and so, you know, it, it yeah, when you start thinking about it, especially if you have an older processor before the right. core. Anything before the core series. So if you're a core two duo, yep, that's what it was, right? Yeah, you're you're pulling some, you're pulling, you're pulling a little bit. Well, of especially juice. if you're just running it as a NAS, and especially if it's a core two duo, it's not very powerful anyway. These new NAS units, the Synology that I just got from my parents in the QNAP, between six and twenty watts, depending on the load. Uh, that old computer was pulling like 120, 130 watts. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't never drop down. It just always ran that way. Yeah. So. Yeah, Brian. Yeah. What do you think these these thirty fifties, these Dell thirty fifties that we've been talking about? And I know it's hard to know. I I don't know exactly. But what do you think the watt the wattage pull on those little box? You know, those Mike. These are the little square. They're literally this big and about that thick. And you can do some stuff in them. They have a you know you can put a drive in there and attach some stuff to it and do some other stuff. It was actually Sarah's computer for a while, but it wasn't really powerful enough to to drive what she needed. And I got tired of having underpowered PCs for her because right. I was giving her all the underpowered stuff. And so I just bought her a, I bought her a, a core I five that sits eight on watts. eight Watts. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's, which is really, really efficient, right? That's about, I mean, that is as efficient you're going to get, you know, that, that's amazing. No, Mike, you mentioned your parents and, uh, <laughs> as you, as you, you know, you had a situation recently where your parents kind of gave you the checkbook and let you set the plex. Let me just say, um, I've been tracking the Plex beta program, right? So Plex started, oh, I don't know, a year ago. John Biggs is in on this too, um, where they started supporting uh, in in the beta software, the Silicon Dust and a few others, I think. I couldn't tell you what they are, but they started supporting the newest uh, network um, you know, antenna device, networking right. DVR device that they have. And so I actually bought one of the brand new Connect, I think is what it's called from Silicon Dust, just so I could participate in the beta. And that would have been, oh, I'm going to say August, September of last year. And they are out of beta now. And they actually now are supporting all of Silicon. I just, in their most recent update, I don't know why, but I was reading the show notes. Actually, being a Windows 10 insider has taught me to read, not show notes, release notes. Right. I actually really read the release notes. Now. I enjoy them. It's a kind of a weird little, hot, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, oh, hey, this is interesting. And in a small little note in the release notes for the last update for Plex, which is the production version of Plex now, you don't even have to be on the beta. They've, right. they've rolled that into production. It's supporting all of the digital tuners from Silicon Dust. So if you even have the old one, which by the way, I took down and gave it to my son. He moved out uh, recently and he needed, he wants to, he wanted to set up like me. 
we're going to get to your story here in just a second where your dad wanted to set up like you. Yeah, right. He wanted to set up like me. So we took the old one down. I gave it to him. He's going to get an antenna. We're going to go over there and set that up. But it was, it's really cool that, I mean, I mean, Plex has always been very, very cool, but now full DVR support for the most right. part, still not allowing you to watch live TV. I, that's the only thing that's keeping me yep. from going full time with this, I, but it's got to be coming soon. You, you would right. think. You would think, but Mike, tell the, tell the story a little bit, starting with your dad in this, cause it's a great story. Yeah. So, well, I, I went down, my wife is actually down in Kansas city where my parents live for the week at, um, getting another few letters added to her name. She keeps doing that. And it's really putting me to shame. She's got like a ton of letters behind her name. Now she's got a, a new certification. So she's doing that. And I get down there. And so my dad are wondering, well, what do we do? Cause she's doing that. And and, you know, grandma, my mom was having fun with Emmett. So he said, you know what? I, I want one of those Plex things. You know, I, I want it. You always show me it. You're always, we used it a ton when we were out on vacation out in Utah to watch some of the movies that I had from home. And he's like, I, I just, I think I really need one of those. And I said, okay. And, and I'm like, you know, you don't have any computers in the house that are on all the time. Uh, a lot of the computers are like your work one. We can't install this on. So this is going to take some work. You have no NAS unit. You have no storage. I mean, really, I mean, for them, they have, as far as computing goes, I mean, they have Wi-Fi in the house and they've got a pretty good setup for actually piping music throughout the house. But besides that, um, didn't have anything. So he said, okay, just make it happen. And that's, what, I mean, for a tech guy, when someone else says, just, just make it happen. Just here you go. Uh, just go make it happen. And he said, uh, is it possible to run it on a Mac? That was their only request was if we're going to, if we're going to get a computer that's always on, maybe it's something that we can utilize, set somewhere and also use for the purposes. I said, oh, definitely Plex works on a Mac. So we went out and got a new Mac mini for the house. And then I ordered them a two bay Synology unit, which, so we set up the iMac first and we got them. Uh, so I installed Plex on it. We're all sitting up upstairs and we're getting it all together. And my parents have a massive, massive collection of movies. I mean, just when they don't stream anything, my parents are not big. They don't have Netflix. They don't have Hulu uh, for music too. They don't have Spotify. They either, well, they just go out and buy it buy the DVD. They go to the movies or they buy it on DVD. So they, they have collected everything. And the turning point to this was my parents spend a lot of time also up in Omaha. They have an apartment up here that they come up to all the time because they work up here and stuff like that. So they were hauling dvds and movies back and forth my mom does a lot of bible studies that are done with dvds and so she was hauling these you know and when those come they come in like a pack you've got a binder full of those of those dvds it's not just one dvd and so when i explained to them that hey there's a solution out there you know that plex thing i use and they're like yeah i said you could load all your stuff onto this and keep it at home that the house in Kansas city and wherever you're at, at the apartment on the go on your phone, you would be able to access those wherever you went. And that was kind of the turning point for them when they saw that they don't have to carry around these things all the time. Um, you know, what, what, what do you do? So we got Plex up and running and they are just enjoying it. My dad has a bunch of, my dad loves watching. He gets the concert. So he has like the Eagles, um, you know, live Eagles uh, on DVD. And he's got, you know, all the old music that he loves. He loves watching those. So he literally sends me a text every day. He's like, I'm watching the Eagles on my phone and on LTE. And it's working. It's like streaming flawlessly. It's like I, it's like I put in the DVD to my phone, you know? So he, they are loving it. They're um, really enjoying it. And so now I'm going to go take down the Synology because right now, for now, I just plugged in a little external hard drive um, to store all the stuff on. So we had it all over there, but they're, they're really liking it. And it's, 
It's working so out well for you're going to take down the Synology, set yeah. that up, get that going. Well, how big were the drives? Uh, four? four? Four terabytes each? So yeah. Are you going to mirror them or are you going to just yep. extend it? Okay. So just you'll, the mirror, you'll have yeah. redundancy. So that four four terabytes or so of data right. available to them. So you'll move that from from the external drive. You'll set that up, then move it across, and then repoint, right? You'll have to rebuild that. Rebuild. you have to yeah. rebuild on, on Plex. But the great thing about Plex is as long – so the way you do it is you – you leave the files where it knew they were and then you point them to the new one and it takes a little bit. You won't notice it right away. At first it'll scare you because it'll, if, because the way Plex works is it does its best to match. Um, but on a lot of things, like for example, the Bible study DVDs, those aren't obviously in IMDD or wherever it pulls from. So you manually type the stuff in for those. And at first it'll scare you because it'll get rid of all that. It'll say, oh, these are all new videos. But what it does is after a few minutes, it'll go in and match it back and say, oh, no, I already knew about this file. It's in my database. This is just a new location. So as long as you do it in the correct order and you turn Plex off before you do the moving and everything, uh, it should all be fine. So your database will rebuild itself and it'll be just like you never left. Well, and even if you you know say they went away and you put the new movies, you know, you, you copy the new movies over, it'll do some gyrations to correct itself. It'll, go It'll try the one the so it what happened to me is I did it in the wrong order because I recently moved my Plex, like I said, off of the old NAS onto the the low powered one because I had all my uh, files stored there. It ended up matching them correctly again, but what it lost was my watched, unwatched, oh, recently right. added versus right. not recently added um, status uh, because it does not go by the it goes by when Plex saw the file. It does not say, even if the date added in the file structure on the NAS is correct, um, Plex only does it by when it saw it. So when it did a complete new scan, it said, oh, all of these are now recently added. You haven't watched any of them. And so that was kind of a pain because you don't realize it, but when you start to go through your browsing of Plex, those are actually really nice categories, right? The video I just added, that's probably what I want to watch next. So, or if I've added 10 movies in the last month, those are probably going to be the ones that I want to watch next. And they just get all jumbled if you do it in the wrong order. So what are they using? What are they using to rip those? Those Uh, handbrake. Okay. Use handbrake. So you're just putting them in an MP4 and the largest MP4. MP4. Um, And you know, we, they don't have them off. Handbrake won't rip them off the the DVD themselves. Well, it does. So you can put those in and handbrakes take care of the whole thing. It does. Yep. So you, um, so you, when you go through that process, they actually they only have DVDs, so you're not pulling really high quality like a Blu-ray. So these files aren't as big as you would think. So mm-hmm. at first when we were debating on size of the drives to put in the Synology, I said, you know, your files aren't that big because it's only DVD quality. Yeah, technically we're ripping it into a 1080 file, but it doesn't have all the data that it would um, if you were pulling this from a Blu-ray or anything like that. So yeah. it, it works out well, um, and then they're enjoying it. Well, Rennie says in the chat, he says, I'm new to Plex, still working out a few things, but oh my God, I'm kicking myself for staying with Windows Media Center for so long. You know, we're still um, out in the living room, still Media Center, and it still works. It still works pretty well, and Sarah loves it. So there's one of those kinds of things I'm... I'm running Plex. I've actually paid. I pay the monthly, although you and I talked about this in pre-show. I just need to buy the annual. At the this yearly. Point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Save 20 bucks a year. Sure. Yeah. No, and it's right. it's not like it's a it's not like it's a backbreaker. But um I think when we when Media Center stops working, and it will stop working at some point, right? Um we we needed to have a very valid replacement. And to be honest with you, I've tested them all and none of them are ready for prime time for the most part. In fact, Plex still has that limitation of no live TV. 
right? So we really can't, I really can't replace it just yet. So it's sitting in the background. I, that's how I watch stuff here. The windows, um, the, the windows app for, so on windows 10, if you go into the store, download the Plex, I'm finding that's the way to watch it because it's got all the right controls, 30 seconds ahead, 10 seconds back. If you watch it in the browser, you don't get those skip controls on like, so if you're in Chrome and you're so watching, wait, what, what are you watching again? So you're using so, the Plex app via Chrome, right? Like the web yeah, app. Yeah. yeah. So if you go to the web app today, right. so if I open Chrome and I invoke Plex, I get, I get play, I get, you know, fast forward, rewind. Well, now you've got but me curious. Know what I'm missing? I'm missing 30 seconds ahead and 10 seconds behind, right? I'm missing those. That's very true. Yeah. So you get them on the phone and I thought, well, this is interesting. Okay. So I'll play it on my phone and I'll just Chromecast it. And then I'm like, wait a minute. What about the Windows 10 app? Ah, Windows 10 app, because it's an app, has the 30 seconds and the 10. And it actually, it works really well. It looks really good. I mean, they're totally right there. I never noticed that stuff was missing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it was frustrating. I was like, what the, I can't give this to Sarah without a skip, you know? And I think you can use those, the Harmony remotes. I think you can program them to make those, um, to make all those buttons work. Right. And Alexa now works with Plex. Have you noticed that? No. So if you're in your living room, um, you can just say, Alexa, rewind that 30 seconds or rewind the Plex. I can't, I have not actually, so full disclosure, I haven't tried this yet because I just haven't had time. Um, But uh, yeah, so Alexa works with Plex. Now it's Randy mentions no codex issues. Well, you know, you're ripping everything. That is the best part. Well, but even if you're okay. So if you, if you were to happen to download a movie off the internet and it's in some format that, you know, your Mac doesn't like, you know, an MKV or something like that, or, you know, windows media file or something like that. That's the true part. The no codec issues. And between iPhone, Xbox, I mean the whole gamut, right? You'd never have those issues. No, it just works. It just works. It's amazing, and John. Streaming over the internet, it just works. That's the best yeah. part, right? Like it connects out, you see it, you know, you just open the app and it just knows what to do. Um, John wanted me to watch Westworld and he kept saying, Hey, have you watched it? You watched oh. it. I'm like, I don't have it. I don't have it. He's like, I've got it. And so he shares it with me across Plex and right. I watch it here, like it's here, like type deal. And um, nobody, knew. I mean, it would, it worked great. I would just, I just watched it. It streams awesome. You know, one of the things you, one of the tricks with Plex that I'm finding is if you want to use the fast forward or rewind, you really got to let that thing buffer for a second. So click it, start play. You can't click it right away because it needs to put some stuff in buffer for you so that it will click ahead. It will move forward. It's just going to take right. a second to buffer. Do you mean what? if the files aren't local, right? If you're streaming it over the internet? Right. That's well, true. No, Locally, if, it does a pretty good job. Yeah. Even when they're local, when you hit play, like, so say you've recorded it off, like, you know, we're recording everything off, uh, right. off over the air. And you, I go back five minutes. And so I've got the show that was before it on there. And I, so I want to go 30, 30, 30, 30, 30 until the oh, yes. show, right? You're right. You can't do that right away. That's one right. of those things where it doesn't, it starts whatever its programming is. It starts sending that file to build a buffer. Uh, Windows Media Center is not that way. You start that thing and, man, you could go dunk, 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 and it moves forward from this very first second you bring that file up. So a little different there. And I, you know, maybe that, that, that'll get better as we go. And it's, again, it's not a, it's not a deal breaker. If windows media center went away today, I would say to Sarah, well, okay, here's the deal. You can't watch it live. We'll find other, you know, there's other ways if you want to watch it live, but man, the recorded stuff is dynamite and uh, they have a really nice interface to be able to record it on. And it's, 
if you haven't, if you're listening and you haven't looked at Plex, we've talked about Plex a bunch. We've had a bunch of people on to talk about it. Um, now's the time. Like it's, My only gripe, uh, and then this one, this will not change in the near future uh, because just because of the way things are structured, there is n- so Plex is fantastic, but you have to be okay with living in the gray area of legality, right? When you think of the only way, the only possible way to get a movie that Plex will play into there is by ripping it off a DVD, number one, which technically I know you're, you know, the, they're, they're not, they're okay if you're keeping it for personal use, right? You're just doing it for your own storage. That's been deemed to be kind of okay. Not technically, not written down yet anywhere, but they've seen that's okay. So you talk about, you can either rip it or you can download an illegal copy off the internet. But there is no place where I want one place where I can pay legally the $10. You will give me the digital file that is not protected because even if you buy a movie off iTunes and throw the file in the Plex, Plex can't play it because of the the uh, DNLA or DLN, whatever it is. D, I always DRM. DRM, thank you. DRM, yeah. So because of that protection on there, it won't play it. I need a store. I need Amazon. I need someone to say, because I have no problem paying for movies. Uh, that is not my issue, but I want it to be convenient because ripping everyone is a pain in the butt. Um, you know, so so we need some better way of purchasing movies and allowing them to be played through whatever media device we want. Well, but don't. OK, so you've got Plex for your own stuff. Right. right that you've recorded. Don't you then if you if you want to watch a current movie, you just go to Amazon or you go to Netflix or you go. Right. Don't you just do. Don't you do it that way? I mean, do you really need this Plex? Really well, but, that, but that's what I'm saying. So, so then your Plex server it. just gets dusty because the only stuff you have in there is DVDs you purchased a while ago because everything new you've watched through. Or the stuff means. you're recording. I want to buy a movie that's mine yeah. and not have to go to a million different apps or go different all over the place because Plex is the best experience, right? right? Because okay, I, can I, down, I can download it to my phone before I get on the plane. Um, you can't do that in a lot of these things, right? You can't, if there's a new movie somewhere else, you can't. I mean, yeah, there's, too many in, there's too many endpoints for Plex, and I think the the rights management stuff for movies, right? Right. They have to negotiate a pretty wicked, like. Well, I don't think it needs to be Plex. Someone needs to say, "Hey, that the, the industry needs to say we're we're okay giving you." That's not going to happen, no. right? They would need to say we're going to give you a DRM-free version. No, it's right? not going to happen. No. Or, or you have a good point. Plex could technically become a store. I don't think they have any interest in becoming a. A media distribution company. Yikes. That's a whole nother. I mean, you know, Netflix and Amazon are already in that space, you know. Right. Which is why it shocks me they have the sharing feature um, because it really puts them into a precarious situation when it comes, hey, you, at what point did you cross over from Plex to the old Kazaa or, you know, those old services where you're able to share between friends? And, you know, they already smacked those down, right? Like peer to peer, pretty much, pretty much current version BitTorrent is not okay. So why can I share it? Now, the one feature I think they could add in to get around all this legality is if someone else that I've shared this library is watching it, I can't. Because in that case, you're almost like, it'd be like me handing you this DVD saying, Jim, here's my DVD, go watch it. And then I can't, I don't have access to it. It's almost like, well, if you do own this, then you shouldn't be able to watch it if someone else is because of, you know, it's very old school and archaic, but that's the way the industry is. So yeah, it's a bunch of interesting uh, issues that I, of course, roll around in my head during the whole thing. But uh, well, and you, you kind of wonder. I, I don't think. Well, I now, now that I'm going to say this, I'm going to contradict myself. But you know, the kids, so to speak, like uh, Plex. Really, they're just going to watch it. They're going to get it from Hulu, or they're going to watch it. Right. I, I don't think 
they're thinking about that. Like, oh, the recorded thing. But right. my daughter, you know, we have movies that she wants to watch that I have recorded on the Plex. And she'll, the other day, you know, she wanted to watch something and she's like, hey, I know that's on the server. Can you, you know, can you get that set up so I can watch it on the surface? She's using my surface until she starts school. And um, so, I, yeah, no, yeah, I, we keep saying one place, it's never going to happen because there's no. so many, right? It's so diverse in yeah. who has what, even between Netflix and Amazon, they have different offerings. You know, I went, um, I started watching uh, New Girl, you know, that, uh, you, you, the, the Fox uh, yeah. with, yep. with Zoe. What Zoe Deschanel or whatever yeah. her name is. Yeah. And, and I'd seen one on a plane. I'd been traveling and I'd seen like season six and I was like, oh man, this is so funny. Why have I not watched this show? So I've watched some, I've re- been recording the new ones on Plex. And then I'm like, hey, I'm going to go, I should go over to Amazon and, and start watching, you know, start binge watching them from the beginning. Well, not on Amazon. I had to go to Netflix. Yep. They're on Netflix uh, and season one through five, but season six isn't there because it's broadcasting live on Fox. Right. And so now I have a weird spot where I'm up to, I'm up to episode 16 and I can't really find one through 15 anywhere of season six. Cause it's playing, I guess I could go to Fox's website and grab it. It's not on Netflix. I haven't recorded them yet. You know, it's that, so right. it's just, God, it's just a cluster. <laughs> well, it is. And, and to be, I mean, we, if you use Plex, um, well, okay. The way you use Plex is interesting. Cause you're using it mainly for the DVR function. That's your primary use for it. That's not me. Um, current day people, what you said is totally on point. Right, you want to watch something, you go and you find it on a streaming site that you subscribe to, or you pay the ninety nine cents or five dollars to rent it, and it goes back. Like people, most people aren't interested in building a digital library um, anymore. I don't think, but I think I'm the type of person I do. Uh, my buddy, he still likes owning something and having it where he can watch it whenever he wants. So I think it's just different type of people. I think the trend now is just access when you want it, but really, what what's the point of paying extra to own it, right? Yeah, except what we're seeing at Netflix and Hulu and and Amazon is this rotating out of things now. So it's like, yeah, this movie's available or this show is available for a while and then it expires. Their rights to it expire and then it goes away. And I'm getting lots of um, I'm getting lots of emails from Play On. So Play On is another kind of DVR. Right. They've got built in. You can record right off Hulu and right off Netflix. And so you can go in there and set, hey, go in and grab this. It'll play and record for you and create a local copy of it. And so they're sending me emails that are saying, hey, um, Scrubs is about to leave Netflix. You go record this now before you can't get it there anymore. Interesting. So, you know, that there's another, like if you, you know, they, they, they're messing with us. Right. <laughs> it comes down to the thing of too, like, I, w- I want to give you money, right? I-, I want to pay for this. Let me do it the way I want. But the, re- the-, the reason you can't do that is because no one is, not everyone's that honest. No. 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 Well, and it's just, yeah, there's so many different ways to do it. The bit torn. People go, yay, one person has to buy it. And then we have a really good, high quality version uh, that's DRM free that you just, you know, go around. So it's, And it's they ruin it for everybody. But the, the other use for Plex that I didn't think about was, um, we, well, I, I did it without thinking about it. We put all of our vlog episodes up there so that we can just turn on our TV and go back. And we love to watch those every once in a while to see like, oh, there was anyone who was born and stuff. It's a very good for all your home videos, throw them up there. And all of a sudden 
you have an accessible way to watch. Because how often do you go dig through that crate of old VHSs or or even go pull the files down? Oh, they're on that computer of you know your first birthday. But you have that up in Plex, and your kids can swipe through it and watch all these old videos of themselves. Um, it's another great reason to have have that it's well, a great storage right and that's what it's, it's meant for is to kinda... it's great for bragging too you know you're someplace you're like oh let me show you this video and instead of having to track it down on facebook yes right you can just go to plex boom 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 hey watch yeah you know, Put your boom, podcast boom. in there and then you have your podcast on plex you know where it's obviously the way you have it it's probably more accessible anywhere else but you could throw the video files all up there and then you've got oh, a yeah. repository of well, they're all on the they're all in the Drobo. I could just point the server point the, over to it and say, "Hey, exactly what I these. did with the vlog. I'm like, wait, I already got a file of these. Let me just point it and see what Plex does." And it did a great job. So yeah, no, <laughs> good conversation. Uh, there's a lot. There's a there's a lot going on around this. And uh, Kevin mentions he says, "Is there anything with Cody uh, integrated into Plex that helps with the DMR issues?" And I don't know. I don't know. I I brought up Cody. By the way, that's available as well in the Windows Store. So if you go to, on Windows 10, if you go to the store, you can open that up. There's an instance of Kodi there and you can get that running. And that's actually, there's, man, there's a whole bunch of plugins for that. And there's a lot of cool stuff you can do with that. That was going to be before I've been testing Plex. I was going to test, am I pronouncing that right? Is it Kodi? K-O-D-I, right? Yeah. Yep. So, um, yeah, so that I, I've got that up and running on this Windows 10 box that I have as a media center. And it's kind of cool. I think the Plex interface is a lot better. And I think it plays on a lot more devices. So Plex right. wins. In my book, Plex wins. I don't think it'll be too long before they have, you know, real time, real play, uh, live TV play inside of. And, man, imagine if you could stream that. Now, that would be that would be some that would be some work, you know. Yeah. Like a sling box. Oh yeah. But that would be pretty cool. So, you know, maybe maybe that'll be next. We'll we'll have to find out. Um, Mike, I wanna great stuff. By the way, great having you back. That's the most I've heard from you in a couple months. So right. <laughs> great to have you back. One of the things, um, as we were talking before the show, one of the things uh while you were gone, you know, I had a little scare, a little cancer scare. And um, in you know, it's again men. Since mostly men listen to this, Emily, uh, you're you're excluded from this out in the chat room. But <laughs> um, you know, get, get do your annual physicals, boys. Get get there, get the boys checked out. Make sure everything is is doing all the tests. Don't skip any of them. I know it's uncomfortable, but get those tests done. At what age do they usually suggest starting that? Well, 40? you should, yeah, I, I would say mid thirties to forties, mid thirties to forties. Okay. Start, start checking prostate and, um, and it's really key. You know, a few yeah. more years of privacy left in me. All right, cool. <laughs> just, you know, when you're done, just take a smoke. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it makes everything better. Right. From that standpoint, find a really good doctor. That's the thing. Like, uh, it made a big difference between my GP who's, he's as embarrassed as I am to do it. You know, he just yeah. hates doing it to, when I went to see the urologist, he was like, this is all he does, right? And right. <laughs> he, oh man, he was good. I got done. I was like, wow, that's night and day difference. Like, you know, that's where experience matters, right? It was just right. it was so good. I, so I asked him, like, can I come back to you every year for my for my physical? I'm going come back to you tomorrow. That was just so <laughs> enjoyable. <laughs> I'll be back. Hey, you know what? This can is covered I? by insurance, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So the man, more screenings, the better insurance company. I'm just going to get screened every day. Yeah. Just making sure my prostate. Cancer. Really preventative healthcare. So, 
extra preventative. Well, I don't even know where I was going with Sorry, this. Yeah. No. <laughs> Sorry, oh. So um so anyways, make sure you're guys, make sure you're doing the physical stuff. Mike, both you and I have been on the road traveling a lot, and uh, we've put on a few pounds in the process. Maybe not you. I'm not judging you, but I know for sure that I. I bet I put on more pounds than you. We could, uh, you know. (laughs) Yikes! It comes on fast, you know, and uh, it it hasn't quite made its way to my face, but a little bit, and it's gonna. Right? That's one of those things. I think with guys, you know, we gain it down here first, and then it. Oh, and see, I'm the opposite. Time. My face is the first thing to show. You go, you it, go face first. Oh, it's definitely, yeah. This little thing starts to come out around here. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah. Like, oh. So right. and I've been a marathon runner, and, you know, I'm probably 35 pounds overweight at this point where I want to be. And so um, and I, so one of the apps, I, I found a really cool app called Streaks, S-T-R-E-A-K-S, Streaks. It's only available on the iPhone for now. They have an Android version coming out quickly. There's a whole bunch of things that do this, but I'm super motivated by how many days I've done something in a row. That's just the way like I am built. And Streaks has this really cool interface where you, so like I put in, um, so my problem, and I know nobody else suffers from this problem, but my problem is that at eight o'clock, I start getting hungry, right? And so I'm thinking like, I just, like I eat really well during the day. My lunch is just awesome from a I mean, it's it's a vegetable, protein-rich, right? Breakfast is right. good. I'm really careful. Dinner, you know, portions appropriately. And then at 8 o'clock, it is like I have, uh, you know, I have lost. I have eaten all day. I'm so hungry. <laughs> I have lost all discipline, right? And I just crush it, you know, Fritos and potato chips and bread and all those things you shouldn't beer, you know, all those yeah. things you shouldn't be drinking. So I set a uh, I set on my streaks. So if you look at there, there's some streaks there. The bottom one right here by my finger is um, no eating after eight p.m. And see, so every- okay, I, I thought this is where I thought that's. I was reading the show notes. I thought it was steaks app. So I was really oh. excited to hear about an app for steaks. But no, I just misread yeah. it. I, streaks. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is check out the R. I couldn't see I the could R. Put before. steaks in here, like <laughs> yeah, every week. Continue, right? but I was just confused at first. So no, streaks. it's pretty cool. And then all you do is like when you when you complete something, you just press and hold and it uh, it'll draw a circle around it. And then it goes, you're accomplished for the day, which is kind of cool. Now, I'm just motivated that way. You know, everybody's motivated a little bit different, but it's pretty cool. The other ones that work out right on the very top, you see the white one on the top there. That's my that's my workout. And uh, again, I'm 20 minutes a day. That's uh, that's what I'm, I'm going. I'll do more, but I'm trying to do a 20 minute workout every single day. I am motivated by the streak. So, gentlemen. Let me just say, if you struggle with these kinds of things. Now, that's cool. Apple. Yeah. Is it customizable to be like, okay, this item I need to do three times a day? Yeah, anything. So I need to, if every I tap hour, three times a day, every hour, okay. Yeah. And it varies by app. So find, if you're on Android, find the app that works for you. Okay. Try a that's couple cool. different ones. Um, also, during my assessment, I figured out I'm not very flexible. Like, I, I somehow I have lost all flexibility. I have turned into a redwood tree. You know, I mean, <laughs> You know, like I can't, yeah, you I can't, creak when you move. I can't even <laughs> scratch my back. You know, you're like, oh, you know, it's, it's not because like of muscle. Root from uh, the galaxy movie. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And so I downloaded a stretching app. Like, who who would have thought? So that it, it runs you through a routine and it just tells you what to do. Okay, do this stretch and then it starts a timer. And when you're done, it beeps and then here's your next stretch and it goes into a timer. Now, again, we should be di- boys and girls. We should be disciplined enough to be able to just do these things, right? Right. But, but super we're not. Hard. No, we're not. It's super no, helpful. 
um, it is super duper helpful. And, and, you know, uh, Brian is saying it's, it's called being old Jim. Yeah. You know what? But I'm, I, I can't like, that can't be a great excuse. Like, okay, so I'll, I'll be 50 next year. That can't be a good excuse. I need to, if I, if I want to have a good quality of life, I mean, I watched my dad just deteriorate into nothing in his eighties. And it's like, no, I, we need to stay on top of this stuff. It's super easy in our schedules where we sit a lot and we're on the computers a lot. It's super easy. I've even considered setting up a, a treadmill desk in the room next door that's got a computer at it so that, hey, if I'm going to sit down here and do this, I should be walking, you know, while I'm doing it. We Guys, we can't, we can't let this get... We can't get let that that life of just sitting get to us. So um, it's been it has been. So those are a couple tools that I found. I never would have thought that again. This and the Streaks app you can use for anything. You know, if you want to, hey, I want to write seven hundred and fifty words every day. Or oh, so you can put in anything. It's not there's not like predetermined. No, okay, there are a few, but you can put anything. You know, you can put absolutely anything you Very want. Very nice. So, no, pretty cool. So it's been a good. Um, it's been a good little app for me. And, you know, this thing, I went on a Monday to my trainer and he's like, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, I need to lose a little weight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, all right, what are we going to do? Damn, it's been and, a while. What do you mean by that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's been a good while. You know, that, that, um, you get word, you know, like, you know, hey, you may have cancer and you start, weird things start going through your head. You know, you start like, no kidding. Oh, man, I better enjoy life. You know, right. well, I enjoyed it like 30 pounds <laughs> worth. <laughs> like, yeah, enjoyed it a lot. Now I, now I don't have it. I right. Don't, I don't have it. And it's like, oh, I'm going to have to, uh, yeah, I'm going to have to work that off. So pretty cool, uh, pretty cool apps that are out there. Good, good finds. And if you've got anything like that that you want to share with us, send me an email, jim at theaverageguy.tv. Uh, likewise, if you've got, um, if you've got, uh, like tonight, you were talking about Sighthound. Yeah. And if you got somebody like that you want us to interview, if you can broker the interview, that'd be great. If not, send it to me and I'll I'll send a note. I've gotten pretty good at just sending emails. Hey, do you guys do podcast interviews? I don't spend a lot of time wooing them. They're on or they're off. And uh, if we can get them on. Like we had Larry last week. Great interview that we had last week um, right. with uh, Ghost Browser. Hopefully, you guys got a chance to download that and listen to it. But if you have uh, any of those kinds of things, don't forget as well that Windows 10 Creators Update is coming up here in the next three weeks. We got Rich Hay coming on to talk about that. If you're a Windows guy, um, there's now some notifications in your update update area saying, hey, preview's coming. So um, I don't know if I jump right to it, Mike, but you know, if you want, if you want to, if you're not in the, if you're not in any of the fast or the slow rings, you'll get it probably within a month or two. I'll save it because I know we have him coming on. So I have questions about that though. And how fast is too fast for industry to adopt windows 10 um under their system i don't know we'll talk about well, it. we're still on the original gallup and we're just talking about the anniversary update and already oh but you guys are already update. on windows 10 though mm-hmm. no we're definitely on windows 10 oh yeah, okay. on, so that was quick yeah right? we're on the first version yeah we okay. knew i mean if you're gonna be on windows 10 you gotta be on it right and you know at this point any businesses that are going on to it are going to go on to the anniversary update which wasn't great to be honest it wasn't a great version um, it, it got better as things went along. This creators update seems I've been testing all the various builds that I'm coming out and it's pretty cool. There's a little, little tweaks and some stuff coming that uh, will make it kind of interesting. A lot more pen support if you've got touch screen and some of those other things, but, 
Um, uh, so it's coming. Rich Hay is coming on to talk about that uh, here in a couple weeks. We've got uh, Mike Howard and Mark Robson coming on next week to talk about drones. We've saved your drone stuff, Mike, for that as well. So the three of you guys, I'm just going to, uh, I'm just going to turn it loose and let you guys drone on. Oh, uh, oh so, there we go. Uh, there we go. So um, oh, yeah. uh, Mike and Mark are coming on. Yeah. Talking, we're talking drones next week. And then uh, Valerie from Liberty is coming on. We had talked about that uh, company that started kind of the Uber in the, for the rural communities. Rich is after that. And so we got some good shows coming up for you as well. Mike, anything else before we wrap it? No, I think, th- man, I looked up at the clock. Like, there's no way Jim and I talked for an hour and 15 minutes. No, there's totally a way Jim and I talked for an hour and 15 minutes. And are Doesn't just, it go fast? Like, yeah. And we yeah. didn't even get to some of the stuff. No. So. No, that, that's, that's okay. the way we do things. That's the best yeah. way to do things too. No, good stuff. I think I think we covered uh, everything we need to. If you're a regular listener out there, uh, here we're at 302 already. Thanks for listening each week, and we appreciate uh, you guys just being a part of the community. Uh, we got the best community in the world if we consider everybody that's around us and those folks that are listening to Reset and those folks that are listening to Observe Tech Podcast and all the podcasts, uh, a part of the old Geeks Network. Uh, so to speak, some good stuff that is out there. I appreciate you guys in the chat room that just come out. You know, uh, Brian's out there, Peter, uh, John, actually, which actually I don't know if I recognize John's name. Uh, we got a couple new folks out there as well. Rennie's out there, Jim, Emily, Mike Howard. Uh, we love having you guys out there live. If it's your first time uh, that you're joining us live, welcome. Glad to have you here. We are live every Thursday, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern, out at the average guy. Dot TV slash live. That's really the best way. That's where you're at if you're out there. Uh, listening to us live. That's really the best way to catch us. Don't forget, though, you can find that. Um, you can also download our mobile app. So if you haven't done that yet, head out to homegadgetgeeks.com. LastPass has, of course, sponsored that app for us, and it's a great way to catch us and the audio live when we when you are on the road or if, uh, if you're you're not connected to Wi-Fi and you're on, it, a great stream will come to you right there on the phone, and you can stay live with us. In fact, out with us on the on the Spreaker page. He had subscribed to us on Spreaker that gave him a notification that we had gone live. And so he put a few notes out in the Spreaker page and uh, and that's another way to do it as well. We thank LastPass for the sponsorship of that app as well as Spreaker and the relationship we have with them for all that they do on the hosting as well. Don't forget the AverageGuy.tv platform, both web and media hosting powered by Maple Grove Partners, secure, reliable, high-speed hosting people that you know and trust and of course that's christian he was on show 300 if you missed that you want to head back great stuff from christian on show 300 head out to maple grove partners all in word maplegrovepartners.com and plans start as little as ten dollars a month we are live every thursday 8 p.m central 9 eastern at the average guy to live we'll stay around for a little bit of post show with that we'll say good night everybody